0: of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Are you prepared? Are you prepared? This week I caught myself saying, Christmas is coming like a freight train. Does that feel true for you? Exams to finish, papers to grade, food to prepare, gifts to buy, family coming to town, therapy appointments to schedule to deal with the family coming to town. (laughs) It's a busy season. Are you prepared? A decade or so ago, I heard one of my theological heroes talk at my alma mater, the University of San Diego, Gustavo Gutierrez a friar of the order of preachers. He's a tiny little Peruvian man. Now, you've heard me say this before, but I've noticed that many holy people are very short. (laughs) Mother Teresa was five feet. Desmond Tutu is diminutive. Beth, you're in good company down there. (laughs) And Gustavo Gutierrez is short in stature. But he's a theological giant. He's the father of Latin American liberation theology. And the speech I heard him give was around this time of year in the big, grand, shyly auditorium. He made many fine points about God's preferential option for the poor, about Scripture's attention to the least and the lost. But for me, the highlight of the speech was when he talked about the defining prayer of our culture. Our defining prayer, our Father, who art in heaven, stay there. (laughs) Stay there. We've got this handled. I think he's right to say that this is the defining prayer of our culture. We live in a society that is more technologically advanced, more militarily dominant, more economically resourced than any society ever in all of Earth's history. We can feel like we have it handled, and it can feel like it's our job to get it together before Christmas. It can feel like if we just wait in one more line at Target, If we just get to the gym one more time to work off the holiday pounds, if we can just get the house cleaned before my mother arrives, we will have it together. We will be prepared for Christmas. It can feel like if we just get that one thing done. But that's not the point of Advent. That's not the point of this season of preparation. It's not. Christmas isn't about us having the details ironed out. Christmas is the celebration of God's biggest invasion of our primacy the coming of Jesus. God's work in Jesus from the very beginning is an inconvenience to human plans. In the stories of Mary and Joseph hearing from the angels, they accept what's happening, but they are shocked. Mary and Joseph didn't plan for this. You don't plan for unexpected pregnancies. They eventually find the blessing in the disruption, but it takes a while. It's a long road to Bethlehem. The stories of Advent can feel like a cascading avalanche of dashed hopes, of ruined expectations. We're not prepared for God's entrance into our world, into our lives. We never are. That's the beauty. God isn't waiting for you to be ready. God doesn't need you to have your act together. God is showing up whether or not you have the presents wrapped and the ham out of the oven. God is always, already coming to you. Your work is deceptively simple. Get quiet. Wait for the Lord. Be still, as the psalm says. Be still and know that I am God. There's a subtext there. Be still and know I am God. You're not. In the midst of all the rush, can you make room for stillness? In the midst of all of our cultures preparing, can you quiet yourself down? Can you wait with hope? Many of you know that I spent some of my first years as a priest serving with a Spanish language congregation. Advent sermons are easier in Spanish. Wait and hope are the same word. Esperar means wait and hope, both of them. And it rhymes with another really good Advent word. Respirar. Breathe. Slow down. Wait, hope, and breathe. God is coming. Ready or not, God is coming. So why slow down? Why breathe? Is it just one more thing on my to-do list? Make room to be quiet. Do I need to add that to my calendar too? Well, yes and no. As he worked for liberation in El Salvador among the poor... An interviewer once asked Archbishop Oscar Romero how he made time for his rumored hour of prayer that he spent each day. They said, Archbishop, you're so busy. You have so much work to do. There's so much injustice, so much violence. How do you find the time? He said, yes. On the busy days, I need two hours. And we're not all saintly archbishops. Two hours, even an hour, it's a high standard. Maybe start with five minutes, work your way to 20, then give me a call. You'll be ahead of me at that point. The point of the story isn't the amount of time. It's the practice of taking time. Romero realized that to be fully present to his people, to live into the calling God was inviting him toward, he needed the quiet time. To be his best self, he needed space to reflect and to listen, to slow down and just be with God. In Advent, it can feel like the stakes are high. Family members have expectations about what is served at dinner. Kids have expectations about what gifts they'll have under the tree. Let it go. That's not where the stakes really are. Too often in life we let unimportant expectations set us up for emotional letdowns. Let it go. What if we came together this holiday season with no expectations? what would that Christmas gathering look like? What if we let go of our small expectations and looked at the larger stakes, the real stakes? Advent is a season of prophets. Isaiah, for two weeks, has been speaking about this vision of God's kingdom, wolves lying down with lambs, fools not getting lost. He puts forth this incredible vision of God's reign as a place of safety, of strength, of health. Jesus tells John the Baptist followers to relate to their leader the story of the blind seeing, the dead being raised, the poor having good news brought to them. The prophets remind us that the stakes are higher than working Christmas lights. The stakes are high, but we often use the wrong measuring sticks. God's vision is one of health, of wholeness, of justice for all creation. God's vision for humanity is not some picture postcard of snowflakes and a family gathered around a table with a goose. In God's vision, we're all vegetarians anyway. (laughs) Check Isaiah last week. The lion was eating grass like an ox. God would have us involved in the building of God's reign. In John's Gospel, chapter 10, Jesus says, I came that you might have life and have it abundantly. I came that you might have life. He uses the plural you, which our presiding bishop who comes from North Carolina translates as all 'all. (laughs) y'all. Jesus came. God came into our world to bring health and wholeness and justice to everyone, to the whole planet, no exceptions. The central image in Isaiah's prophecy today is of the desert blooming. Now, I know that most of you grew up here in the Midwest. And this is a place that doesn't lack for water, which means that we also don't lack for vegetation. All year round, something is growing, something is blooming. Let me tell you, my sinuses know. Missouri is fertile territory in this state. It's always green somewhere. The desert is different Most of the year the desert is dry brown quiet But have you ever been to the desert in springtime? I remember vividly driving through Joshua Tree, California one spring when I was in college remember being stunned silent by the fields of pink and orange and blue. Stretches of parched sand become fields of flowers seemingly overnight. The desert shall rejoice, Isaiah tells us. The least expected terrain can show God's blessing most vibrantly. There are desert places in our world. Countries where people are fleeing violence, where hope is hard to find. There are neighborhoods in this city that are deserts, where healthy food is hard to find and violence comes too easily. There are desert places in our own lives, projects set aside, dreams deferred, relationships left fallow. Can we be quiet enough this Advent to let God show us the blessing that is possible? Can we quiet our own small expectations enough to hear the still small voice of God presenting us with the possibility of abundance? I began by asking, Are you prepared? Let me conclude by asking, Why are you preparing? What are you preparing for? I think all of us, this preacher included, could use a dose of prophecy. We all need a reminder from time to time that we are not in charge. We need to pray, but we need to let go of the prayer of our culture. We need to let go of the busy, commercial, culturally loaded preparation. Let it go. Advent is the time to realize we don't have to have things all together. God doesn't need us to hang the tinsel. God is coming. We need to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Amen.